Well, how many of you know we are living in the last days? I didn't expect acceleration this quickly. I said to my wife, I, I don't know what I was thinking. You know, before you think you're in the last days, and you think, well, no, we're really in the last days. Right? Maybe we'll think the same thing next month more, that much more, I don't know. Uh, but uh, we live in some of the greatest days of the church since the church has begun. And uh, our focus and our gaze is to be fixed on things above, not things of the earth. Well, I can just say from personal experience, when my gaze is fixed on things of the earth, my faith feels shaky. And my... Uh, uh, this is crooked. There we go. And the peace of God that's supposed to guard our hearts and minds sometimes seems like you're kind of grasping for it. Right? So uh, we're to set our, our mind on things above, not things of the earth. Uh, we're to look to the Lord. And let me, this came up in the worship time, so I'll just read this one here. I'm not texting. I have a Bible app on my phone. You guys ever hear? How many know Rick Renner? Amazing minister. <laughs> you ever hear his story about that? People texting in service? Let's see if I get my thing not to spin here. So he's like, he was preaching away, preaching away, and he's like thinking, I can't believe she's texting. What is she doing texting? He's like, give me that. Oh, those are notes to my sermon. <laughs> Some things, everything, sometimes things are not the way that they appear. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 3. Uh, we're talking about the faithfulness of God. That we're, we are uh, focusing on His faithfulness. That He is faithful that promised. Uh, uh, was it Numbers yeah, Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? He is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his promises. So if you grab hold of his words and his promises, you are guaranteed that he is watching over his words to perform them and that he is faithful to his promises. He will never cheat on his promises. Now you think of an unfaithful spouse, they're cheating on their spouse. God will never cheat on you. He is faithful. He is always faithful. Well, in living in the last days, you have to grab hold of the faithfulness of God and refuse to let go. 
and refuse to believe circumstances, feelings, and people, maybe you respect them, maybe you know them, maybe you don't. You've got to refuse to believe those things if it is contrary to what God has said. God is not a liar. God is not a man that he should lie. Well, that just means humans lie. Sometimes humans don't lie, they just don't tell the truth. Because they don't know the truth. They're actually speaking lies. In other words, they got stuff from the devil who it sounded good and it seemed right. Like when, when um, Peter is rebuking Jesus. Jesus like, you know, I'm going to die. No, Lord, far be it from you. Remember what Jesus rebuked him. Well, not him, really. He spoke to the devil. He said, get behind me, Satan. For you mind not the things of God, but the things of men. Wow, it's devilish just to mind the things of men instead of the things of God. Yet occupy until I come. So we're living in the world. You know, it's wrong to worry about tomorrow. But it's not wrong to think about tomorrow. But it's wrong to worry about it. Don't have any anxiety over tomorrow. You know, because he's, man, the Lord knows humanity, right? He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's like, you know what? You have enough trouble today. Let's not add tomorrow. <laughs> we are more than overcomers through Jesus Christ. But if we are going to be more than overcomers, which we would love to rejoice about, and I do, we are more than overcomers. In order to be more than an overcomer, you have to have some things that you have to more than overcome. Right. Brother Higgin used to always say, you know, People think they're going to live by faith. If you're living by faith, that means you're always going to walk on flowery beds of ease. That the things of God are going to drop on you like a ripe cherry dropping off of a tree. Right? So I don't have the cherry experience, but you maybe have heard me talk about the peaches. In Michigan, one time we went peach picking. I think it was with you guys. Where are you at? Were you guys there? Yeah. And so uh, with Jeremy's mom, and uh, we, we went uh, peach picking. And it's the first time it was like maybe towards the end or whatever. They were so ripe. If you bump the branch, they would fall off. And they're like full of juice. Like juicy, juicy, juicy. Just like you didn't hardly have to do anything except be there and maybe like tap the branch. Right? And sometimes I think we get that impression of living by faith. Just tap the branch. Just tap the branch. Do you know it's not hard to live by faith? You're just living from a different part of your being. You're living from the real you, not from the flesh. But it's very hard if you're trying to, uh, by the flesh, live by faith. If you're accustomed to letting your flesh call the shots, make the decisions, give the direction, you know, yield to that emotion... Get the gratification. Well, you're going to have a really tough time living by faith. When actually, when you were recreated in Christ Jesus, you were created as a faith creature. Yeah. 
I mean, the way that you become a believer is by believing. And you're then called a believer. Your believer works. You can believe. You're just choosing other things. So your believer works. In fact, when you, when you act from your spirit, because you believe what God has said, then your actions are birthed from the very faith of God. It is the very faith of God. All right, see if I can do this Peter one here, and then we'll continue on. Uh, this is the second epistle, beloved, and now I'm writing to you, in both which I stir up your pure minds, this is verse 1, and we're going to continue on to get context, by a way of remembrance that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and the Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. You may have noticed that. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they are from the beginning of creation. I don't suggest that you do it because it's not really very edifying, but every once in a while I'll look at the message boards and comments people make. And you know how many people make comments? Somebody makes, talks about the Lord or uses a scripture and then a bunch of unbelieving people that are dominated by the spirit that's in the world that is anti-Jesus Christ wants to say you believe in all those fantasies and all those fairy tales and that's just for weak-minded people. It's beyond even he's not coming again. It's like he isn't. That's because they think they are. It's because they do not know God. It's because they have chosen not to acknowledge God and their mind has been given up to be uh, uh, perverted and corrupted so they can't know the things of God. Because God is love and they have chosen to go against him and not to acknowledge him. So how in the world would their paths ever be directed? That's, a, that's the second thing. Okay, verse 4. Uh, okay, knowing this, that first uh, there'll be scoffers walking after their own lusts. Okay, verse 4. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they are willingly ignorant of, and that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth, standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, remember Noah, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, listen to this, be not ignorant of this one thing, that the day, uh, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He is faithful. I'm adding that. He's faithful. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. The earth will also, excuse me, the earth and all of the works that are in it will be burned up. Seeing then that all of these things will be dissolved, 
What manner of person should you be? In other words, hey, this is a temporary place. Uh, another place even says, our citizenship is in heaven. We are just temporary residents here. We are all missionaries to the earth. If you're a believer, you are like an ambassador. Begging people in the place of, that Christ would beg them if he were here. Get right with God. Or be reconciled to God. What does that mean to be reconciled? We are ministers of reconciliation. They have a, I don't remember what they called, if I have any police officers in here or not, but you know, when they have these uh, people that take hostages and stuff like that, and they want to send a negotiator or somebody in or something like that, you know, or they have like a unions, they have these different things, they got to have like a negotiator, they call them, but there's a different name for them, I don't remember what they are. Um, but maybe you have a problem in your marriage and you need to reconcile. Well, that means you're going to talk to them and they're going to talk to you. So, so we're ministers or we're servants of the Lord to tell the world, get right with God. He's not upset at you. He's not trying to hurt you. Whatever ticked you off, whatever offended you, for whatever reason you chose to turn away from God, maybe you're just like, I love the world and I want to live in the world. No, I feel like God's mad at me. No, we're just telling people, and I'm telling you, just go talk to God. Some people have someone that they love die. They get mad at God. Get right with God. Go reconcile with the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm mad at you. How come they died? I'm upset at you. But then open your heart to what he says. Because you'll find out he was never faithless. He was always faithful. Even when we were faithless, he was faithful. And he is faithful. And he will always be faithful. But the enemy is tricking so many people and deceiving so many people that maybe a believer did something that is not the nature of a believer and they got offended. You saw that. You got offended. Now you're mad at God. Because someone who claimed to represent God was actually representing the devil. Maybe like Peter. Be reconciled to God. We, we live in the, the last days. And, you know, evil seducers will actually get worse and worse. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world, right? Look up for your redemption's drawing near. So the darker you may see the world get, the more excited you should be if you're actually living as a believer. Yeah. 
Because these are the days of the glory of God in demonstration and manifestation and personal experience like all of the old prophets and all of the believers who have gone to heaven before us, they look for this day. I mean, the generation, Jesus said, uh, what is that over in Luke? The generation that sees Israel become a nation, 1948, shall not pass away. So if you're like, I don't know, what is that, 75 or 80 years old or younger? That might be everybody in here. Then you better get ready. What? The dead in Christ shall rise first, but we which are alive will be changed faster than I can clap my hand in the twinkling of an eye. Doesn't mean you're trying to get out of the world. It just means that when the, un, when the instability which was spoken by our Lord and King that was to come in the last days that we believe we live in and we say we live in, we should not be shocked. But we should just grab hold of the faithfulness of God. Refuse to get under the, the influence of the spirit that influences the world but be smack dab in the world. Not with the message of a political party, but with the message of the freedom and the life that only is available to him that believes in the Son of God. Jesus said, I am the way. America is not the way. What's the, what's the country I really like right now? Is it Hungary or Poland or... One of those countries there are putting some very good biblical principles into practice. Hungary is not the way. Poland is not the way. Jesus is the way. And we are to pray for our leaders. We are to be involved as we're led to be involved. But that should never be our number one. Our number one is faith in God. And if you want to see people that have learned effectively to yield to the enemy just be confounded you just bring the word of God with the power of the spirit you speak to them speak the word speak the word the entrance of his words gives light you can't reason people out of deception what Evil seducers will, I don't remember how it's in another translation, but King James says wax worse and worse. What does it say? Deceiving and being deceived. It's, sometimes it's hard to swallow as a believer like how people could be that deceived just because you're not. The problem with deception is you don't know you are. Some people, I think they know they're channeling evil, <laughs> but a lot of people don't. A lot of people think they're channeling good. But they're not. Like Peter thought, I'm telling you something good. You realize he thought like the devil and Jesus called him the devil. 
Or he said, get behind me, Satan. You're acting like the devil because you mind not the things of God but the things of men. But the, the Bible says that the devil never would have crucified the Lord of glory if he understood what he was doing. The seed of Christ had to first go into the ground. And that was the worst mistake the devil ever made. Because that seed has been multiplied in every one of you that believes. That same life, that same voice, that same anointing, that same power over the devil and over everything he's doing is resident on the inside of every believer. It's resident in you if you're a believer. The same power that raised Christ from the dead not just the power that the, the devil saw him perform, this dunamis power when he healed and cleansed and spoke. But we're talking the power that overcame, like Pastor Mark says, not just rigor mortis, but the power that overcame the sin, every sin that every human had ever or would ever commit. Every sin. You think just of your worst. I'm talking about every sin you've ever done. The same power that overcame sickness in every form, every manifestation, by every name, the ones that are named and the ones that are not named. They haven't come up with names for some yet. The same power that raised him from the dead lives in the believer. All right, Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Mark eleven twenty-two, 22, centenary translation, you know, by that mother who was raising her kids, and she's like, I want to give them something. So she translated this. And she said, my favorite translation uh, currently of that verse, um, lay hold of the faithfulness of God. Lay hold of the faithfulness of God. So, Put yourself as one of the closest followers of Christ and you have seen all of these wonderful things and now, you know, he laid hands on the sick and they recovered, right? Well, this time he didn't lay hands. He just spoke to the fig tree. And at his words, that thing dried up from its very source of life. Its source of life, in other words, what sustained that fig tree was stopped at its very source. So there's no longer a source. So what about your life? What about the source of your trouble or the source of your problem or the source of some sickness or some disease or some mental problem? The very source. So the, the disciples... Uh, they come back, and they did not expect what happened to happen. But they didn't forget that he spoke, because then they were looking at the tree, or as they passed the tree, they said, Master, the tree that you cursed has withered away from the roots. Well, Jesus responds with probably, uh, I think, the clearest statement he ever made about trusting the Lord or about faith in God. And he said, have faith in God. 
King James says. But literally, if we look at it, it says, have the faith of God. Well, then, uh, sometimes, maybe most of the time, I don't want to criticize you if you're a theologian, but I'm just saying. Sometimes theologians get so heady about stuff. They're like, well, that can't mean that. Obviously, we couldn't have the same faith as God has. Obviously, you don't understand what Jesus is saying and what he did. Literally, he said, have the faith of God. Centenary says, lay hold of the faithfulness of God. So, if you want to be a man or a woman of faith, you have to grab hold of the faithfulness of God. In other words, this whole thing is based upon the goodness of God, the constancy of God, the very faith of God. Before we even say, we're going to speak to this mountain, we have grabbed hold of and not letting go of my God is faithful. Well, why is that happening? I don't know why that's happening, but I know him in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him. Maybe you haven't committed it to him. Maybe you think it's your power or your wisdom or the revelation that you have that's going to get you out of the situation. No, Jesus didn't say that. He said, lay hold of the faithfulness of God. Lay hold of the faithfulness of God. So stretch out your arm. Like, don't grasp at it. Grab it. Right? Lay hold of the faithfulness of God. Grab hold of it. You grab it. How do you do that? Well, you look in the word concerning uh, what God has said and what he has done, and you will see that God is faithful. He is faithful. Just think of your own life. There's an old song we used to sing. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. How's it go? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Right? There's many verses to that. I don't know them. Look at how faithful he has been to you. You may have, and probably do, some troubles and some challenges right now that you are facing. But you are still breathing, and you are still alive, and God is still on the throne, and God knows exactly where you're at and exactly what you're doing. But if you continue to think about and talk about all of the destruction that the devil is doing and the impact of him on people, you are glorifying and magnifying the devil, and you're wondering, why do I feel like God is so small? God is faithful. God will see you through. Saturday morning, I went for a little jog. I went for a jog, and I was, you know, I'm normally listening to preaching and praying and everything, and so I was talking to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, you know, there's a lot of people been praying for, a lot of people 
that I respect been praying for the United States of America and our elections and, you know, that, that we have uh, freedom of the gospel. And it looks like uh, they're trying to make decisions to shut down things like the gospel, you know, and to abuse little children and to molest children. It shouldn't surprise me they've been killing them for a long time. So I'm like, Lord, there's got to be in your word like something about praying for nations, right? Well, of course, I know. Well, I know. I shouldn't say I know. I have heard and I have ministered on Timothy, praying for those in authority that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life. And I'm like, yeah, I know that. I mean, I'm aware of that. And we've prayed that. Many people have prayed that. And I said, so, you know, like we were talking a second ago, ripe cherries fall off a tree. Like, so if Paul was really a man of faith in his time, because he told Timothy this by the Spirit of God, if he would have prayed right, he would have had no trouble with his churches and the authorities. Yet we see a man who was put in prison so many times and beaten so many times and left for dead many times. So apparently Paul doesn't have the right kind of faith. Obviously that's not true. I don't know if this is an exciting message. For me it's an exciting message. Because I'm like, Lord, show me your glory. In the land of the living. I don't really care what somebody else does. Uh, you're in our church, so I care what you do. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I want God's best for you. But you understand my attitude. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will not stumble over all of these thoughts and everything like that and conspiracy theories and all this other stuff. Somebody prophesied this is going to happen by January 20th or whatever. There's a real good way to find out if they were speaking by the Spirit of the Lord. And that is by January 20th, at whatever time the inauguration is scheduled to happen, you'll find out. We will all find out. But I refuse to worry about it. I refuse to get distracted by it. It is a tactic of the devil in the last days to distract the church who's the only ones that have the power to bring the freedom that every person wants. People try to go about it all different ways. They think Jesus is the only way. The Democrats think it's the Democrats that are going to bring it. The Republicans think it's the Republicans that are going to bring it or Donald Trump that's going to bring it. But really, Jesus Christ brought it. So in these days in which we live, we ought to be the most on fire for God that we have ever been. The most full of the word that we have ever been. Do you know, like, people are messing with communications. Like, what is truth? I don't think you should be able to talk that way. I'm going to shut you down. I don't think you should be able to talk that way. I'm going to shut you down. Do you know, as a spirit being, you can know in your spirit stuff that's going on with your family without Facebook? Without cellular phones, which don't work as good as they did when they were analog? 
You might not know all the same little details, but you can know enough to pray. Danger, you better pray. You bring deliverance to your family. They don't even know they need it. So Jesus said, lay hold of the faithfulness of God. Don't lay hold of the faithfulness of, of, of your favorite government personality. Don't lay hold of your, I don't know anybody has Hollywood favorite personalities, but don't lay hold of them. Don't lay hold of the faith of your best friend. Lay hold of the faithfulness of God. He'll never let you down. He'll never forget about you. He'll never show up late. He'll never be confused. He'll never give you bad advice. You can do it. Just open your heart to God. Let God have a place in your heart. Don't let all those, that other junk have a place in your heart. Dethrone all that other stuff and enthrone the master and the savior who is good and only does good and only thinks good and his ways are good and his plans for you are good. God is a good God. All right, let's finish with where we were supposed to start. Romans 3.22. Romans 3.22, we've been talking about that for a few weeks. Even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all that believe. In other words, I think the greatest gift we could ever have is the righteousness of God that Jesus got for us by his own faith. Jesus believed. If I give the perfect sacrifice with the perfect blood, you know, his blood is different than every other blood. There is no blood like the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, holy just means separated unto God. The blood of Jesus is holy blood. I mean, when Abel, when Cain killed Abel and Abel died, his blood did not redeem mankind. Yet he was counted righteous and he was faithful, Hebrews tells us. He was a man of faith. He offered a more excellent sacrifice to God. And it was accepted. The blood of Jesus is different than any other blood of any other man. And that blood was the only blood that was completely pure. And that blood, the Bible tells us, is still speaking today in the most holy place in heaven. And you know what that blood is speaking about? That blood is speaking about you and about me. And about the whole world, if they will accept it, even if they won't accept it, that blood is still there. Why? Because Jesus' act of faith, offering a sacrifice, which ended up being himself, he prepared a most holy sacrifice, his own body, 
Holy men of old would bring a sacrifice that they would prepare and they would look for this perfect lamb, this perfect sacrifice, and they would prepare the way, they would prepare the altar. Jesus was preparing himself to bring himself. Isaac said to Abraham, where is the sacrifice? I imagine God said to Jesus, where is the sacrifice? And he said, I am. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for imperfect people. And so Jesus brought all humans the righteousness of God. In other words, how just is God? How right does he do things? How pure is he? How holy is he? How good is he? Jesus brought us that righteousness because of his faith. And it came unto all people. Unto all people. But not upon all people. It only comes upon them that believe. So you don't have to do the work to be made righteous. You don't have to make the effort to be made righteous. You don't have to be perfect. I'm setting you free this morning, not really me, what the Word says, from perfection. If you're a perfectionist, give it up. There is an end, Psalm 119 says, to the perfection of all things except the very Word of God. So you don't have to be perfect Grab hold of the perfection of God, the faithfulness of God. Uh, you don't have to do everything right. Jesus did everything right. Grab hold of the faithfulness of God. Uh, you don't have to make it happen. Jesus already made it happen. You just believe what he did. You just say in the, in the face of everything else that's screaming at you and saying all these other things, there's a lot of voices. You just say, like Paul, I love what he said. You know what? Wherefore, sirs? That's old King James. It makes me think like he's like, you know what? You see all this mess? You know what? I see that mess. And because of that mess, I believe God. In other words, I see the mess. We're, we're, I'm soaking wet because of the mess. Our ship is going down because of the mess. But I am laying hold of the faithfulness of God. I perceived before we were on this voyage that it was going to be fraught with much damage. And then God sent his angel. He spoke to me and I perceived it in my spirit because he's faithful. And then he sent an angel because he's faithful. And my God is not a liar. He's not a man that he should lie. So I believe him. I think Paul had to say that. He's trying to help them. But sometimes you have to speak things not because of the physical bodies you see in the room, but there are spirits. And you declare a thing and it comes to pass. So you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do everything right. We get to believe. We get to acknowledge every good thing that is in us because of Jesus Christ. 
And I'm out of time. Praise the Lord. Stand with me if you would. Lay hold, grab hold of the faithfulness of God. It's not about you being um, a man or woman who produces faith. It's not about me being a man that produces faith. It's about me being a man and you being a man or a woman who believes that God did everything for you through his son, Jesus Christ, that you believe that he is faithful, that you believe that he, he cares about you, that he's interested in you, and he has made it possible for you to be set free from that. And in your believing that, you enter into the river that I call the very faith of God. And in believing that and acting that way, you'll be just like Jesus. You'll be like, no man eat fruit of you here ever after. And you'll believe those words come to pass. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes the things that he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. I don't know about you, but I have said some things that did not come to pass. But I have never said something that I got from God that has not come to pass. When I laid hold of the faithfulness of God and I saw that even in my weakest point, His faithfulness never changes. My most stressed out, distressed, discontent, indebtedness, God is faithful. That's actually the most vital time to make sure that you have grabbed hold of his faithfulness, not some other time. I want you right now to open your hearts to the Spirit of the Lord. Whether you're a believer, or maybe you have never confessed Jesus as Lord. Maybe you've never come into the family of God. God is not unaware of your life and what you're going through. He actually knows more about your situation than what you do. And he cares more than you care. The devil doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to sense that or have that be a reality in your life. Uh, but he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, the Bible says. He loves us with a love that uh, is everlasting. And God is a good God. Uh, we're going to pray here in a couple minutes. And when we do... If you pray from your heart to God, He will hear you. He is the God who hears and answers prayer. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He'll give it to you. So God Himself will answer your prayer. You actually don't have to have someone else pray for you. God wants to hear your voice. God knows your voice. It's not a prayer from your head, but it's from your heart. You just talk to God from your heart. You can do it. He wants you to do it. And he'll answer your prayer. He'll make you brand new on the inside if you've never been a believer. If you confess Jesus as your Lord, God will do the work. You just believe. All we do is believe. It's not hard to believe, but you got to do it from your spirit. You can't do it from your head. You try to believe from your head, you'll say, this is really hard work. 
you do it from your spirit, you'll be like, I hit the sweet spot. This is awesome. I just believe. He did the work, I just believe. These are the last days and Jesus is coming very soon. I'm asking you today to come back to God. Return to God. It's time to come back. It's time to get rid of distractions. It's time to stop procrastinating. Don't put it off till later. Don't wait. It's time to return to Jesus Christ. It's time to return to the things of God. He said in Revelation, or excuse me, in Malachi, return to me and I will return to you. Somebody said, I'm waiting on God. No, God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you. He loves you. You've been going your own way long enough. Reconcile with God. Get right with God. Straighten things out with Him. Tell Him what offended you, what upset you. The disappointments. Open your heart to Him once again. Give Him access. He's the only one that knows and can repair the greatest pains in your heart and in your life. Your life was not just meant to be, I get up on Monday, go to work, go night and day, night and day, all of a sudden Friday comes, I can't wait for the weekend. Your life was meant to be lived with overwhelming fulfillment and satisfaction. But you will only find that in Jesus Christ when you give your life to Jesus or when you come back. God is not mad at you. You may be mad at Him. You, you may not even be forgiven Him because you, the, the devil has warped your view of God. Don't believe the lie. God loves you. He loves you so much that He gave His own Son to die for you so that you could be one with Him and close with Him, that you could come into His family, that you could have your sins wiped away forever, that you could become so close and near to God that Jesus himself is no closer to God than what you are, that Jesus is no more right with God than you are, that Jesus is no more holy than you are. God loves you, and he moved heaven and earth to communicate that to you, and he is communicating that to you right now through my words and through my lips. Come back to God. Don't wait any longer. Uh, put off other things and prioritize this. Don't prioritize uh, a bunch of other stuff that is meaningless and that fades away. Prioritize God in your life. He has the answers that you're looking for. He has the satisfaction that you've tried so hard to get through other ways. Give your life to God. Respond to Him today. I want you to look in your heart right now. That's where when you really mean and you love someone, you tell them that you love them, you really mean it. You forgive them, you tell them you really mean it. That's from your heart. Look to your heart right now and see what God is saying. Open your heart to Him. Say, Lord, you speak to me. You show me what's true. I want to know from you. If you really exist, I want to know it. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a, a few seconds here. When I do, 
I want you to pray that prayer from your heart. Maybe, maybe you're a believer, but you, you just haven't lived like a believer for years. Other things got in, you got distracted, grabbed hold of the things of the world, started loving the world more than you love God. It doesn't really matter. I'm just telling you, time is very short. Don't waste another second or another minute. Turn your life over to God or turn your life back to God and live for Him and let Him be your greatest satisfaction and He will be. Better than any high you could get in the world through substance or through people or through power or through money. He is the best thing that will ever happen to your life and maybe you were walking with the Lord, best thing that ever has happened to your life. He's not mad at you, just come back. He's ready, he's waiting, uh, he, he loves you. Uh, we're gonna pray, if you pray from your heart, uh, you will be born again, or you will come back to God. Say this with me, with other believers. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And that he died on the cross to take away my sins. I receive him right now as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you that I am now born again. I am now your child. And for those coming back, say this. And everybody that believers say it with me. Say, Father God, I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm coming back to you. Thank you that you received me. I, I'm turning away from all that other stuff. I'm putting you back in the right place. In Jesus' name, Jesus. amen.